Just like love is a choice. People say, well, I fell in love. Well, I understand what you're saying, that you fell, you fell in love. That's probably not agape. You hear me? You're like, woo-woo, man, she is good looking. I think I'm in love. That's probably not agape. Agape is a selfless love. See, when you're looking at her, guys, and you're like, your eyes are bugging out of your head and your heart's beating real hard, that's probably not agape love. You're, that's about you, <laughs> okay? Agape love, well, the, God, the, the God love that sent Jesus to the cross, that sent Jesus to the earth, God chose to send him. So to think about this morning, God chose you. He chose you. I, I love the line, that bridge that Courtney brought up, that he's called us, he set us apart. So this morning, I want you to understand no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, the calling is still there on your life. No matter what you've done. And if we went around, passed the microphone around, what's your worst sin? We would probably hear some pretty, pretty bad things that come out of the mouths of the people here. You mean you could tell me all, you know, all the ugly stuff. And God, really, he doesn't care about that. He wants you to be set free of that and even of that past thought. He wants you to be set free from that. So we're, I've chosen a passage. I don't preach out of the Old Testament often uh, because you have to explain the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And some people get a little confused about the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, the Mosaic Law, the Abrahamic Covenant, uh, and, and the New Covenant that Jesus brought to us. So, but uh, this is a, when you, talk, when you talk about choosing life, when you talk about abortion or, or versus uh, pro-life and, and find out that now after, since 73, Roe v. Wade, Roe versus Wade, uh, what's the number up to? 55, 60 million? Babies have been aborted in America alone. You think about that. People go, well, our country's not really growing in relationship with a lot of other countries because we aborted 60 million babies, human beings. I believe they're all in heaven. You can, you can debate with me on theology, but that's okay. You can, I'm not going to argue with you, okay? I just believe that they're all with, with Jesus. I love, um, I love the movie uh, for, for the moms here that have had uh, miscarriages. I love the movie... Heaven is for real. Anybody seen that movie? I love that because the most defining moment in the movie for the mom to believe that heaven is really there and that her son really went there was when he said, Mom, I met my sister. You know, and, and she said, why didn't you give me a name? And the little girl had not been given a name by her parents. And I thought, wow, I, see, I've got, a, I've got a grandchild there already. You know, my, I've, my, I've got relatives that already have already met my grandchild that I haven't met yet. Isn't that amazing? It, really, does that, just, does that just blow your mind? So the moms that have aborted babies, your babies are there. And they're not going to be mad at you when you get there, okay? I'm just telling you, there's healing in the blood of Jesus. There's healing in the grace of God. So I really want you to experience that this, this morning. So if you'll turn to Deuteronomy 30. This was when um, Moses was kind of at the end of his life. If you go and read, I think there's only four more chapters after this. It's the winding down of the Moses, the Moses time on earth because he is not going to get to go into the promised land. But he has, God has said, you choose Joshua. Remember Joshua and Caleb, they went. And God said, Joshua is going to lead the people, the, my people, the next generation into the promised land. So Moses, God is, uh, the Holy Spirit is giving Moses this message to to inspire them as they prepare to go into the promised land. Now, see, we can take that. I want, you, I want to show you this morning an application for us as the Christians, uh, the church-age Christians, the post-Mosaic law Christians, uh, under the new covenant people. 
I want us to see how God has called us to possess the promised land or the kingdom to possess the promises of God. Because so many Christians have not really possessed the blessings because they're still living under the curses. And God does not want us to live there. And he's, listen, he made it clear back then, and he's made it, he made it clear even in the New, New Testament. So I want you to understand this morning, God's not going to, he's not a God that puts something on us that we can't handle. Matter of fact, he said, since you can't handle it, I'm going to give you my son Jesus, and he's going to help you handle it. He's going to help you to carry it. So this morning, it's turned to Deuteronomy 3. We're going to start with verse 11. He says, for this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea, over the ocean for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word, say the word. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. He said, listen, guys, it's not that mysterious. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not that mysterious to not commit to... Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't steal. Honor your parents. It was not that mysterious. And yet time and time and time again, they would arrive to this place. Yes, God, you're our God. And three days later, they're saying, no, God, we found other gods. So the same thing happens today. It's kind of strange, isn't it? We still have this problem with, with staying with it, staying the course. Uh, John 5, 37 through 39. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you this question. How, many of you, how are you doing on the 28-day challenge? Anybody sticking with it? That's awesome. That's awesome. Any of you that stop, you can start again. Okay? How many of you recognize that they're very simple? 28 days. This is, there's 28 days in February. They're, they're just, usually, there's just one verse. And I do a little challenge sometimes, well, every day on Facebook on our, two, on our two Facebook sites. You can go there and go, I wonder what, what pastor's going to show us today, how he wants us to go a little deeper in it. And some of you, hopefully you're going deeper on your own. But I've loved some of the posts that I've seen, especially with moms and dads and their kids. And their kids starting to pray now. and They're, they're, they're starting to ask questions about the Word. I think that's beautiful. Uh, but on this 28-day challenge, listen, the idea that the word is near you in Deuteronomy 4, uh, chapter 30, verse 14, is ne- near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Listen, he didn't give his promises and his truths for us just to memorize his promises and his truths. You can memorize, you can memorize scripture all day long, and it will not matter, matter one iota in your life if you don't get it from here to here. Okay? John 5, 37, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you. This was Jesus talking to the Pharisees, the most religious people of the day. He says, Because whom he sent him you do not believe. He's talking about himself. He said, You you have the scriptures, but you're not abiding in them. You're not remaining in them. You're not holding on to them. So he said, you know it all, but he said, you ser- look at verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they, the scriptures, which testify of me. He said, the very scriptures that are offering you ter- eternal life, the very scriptures that have prophesied about me coming, you have missed them. You've searched them, and you've missed me. You're looking right at me. You don't even see me. 
Because they did not understand that Jesus Christ was Messiah. You see, you can have the word, guys, and not abide in the word. You can have the word and not obey the word. That's why every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, I tell you, this is vital for you every day, not just once a week when the pastor says something about it. Not just once every two, you know, a couple of times a week. No, this is life for every one of us. How many of you take medication in the morning? How many? Raise your hands. What if this was part of your medication? What if you thought about the Bible as you, just like you thought women about your hormone pills? Now, I can't do without my hormone pills. And husbands, you want them to take them. But what if they thought about the Bible as... It's more, it's more important, honey. Well, I miss my hormone pill. Well, maybe you need it. <laughs> but, but I got the word. If you got a choice, take this. If you don't have your prescriptions run out, this one doesn't run out. Amen. Amen. That's all extra. Had no plan to say that. Oh, boy. Sometimes I don't. Somebody want to get that phone? Listen to this. This is our, this is our armor. This is our weapon. This is our sword. This is our life. You know, when, the, when, when Jesus said, said uh, in John 6, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and everybody's going, eh, don't know what about that. I don't want to do that. And they, they started walking away from Jesus in droves because they didn't understand he was speaking in spiritual terms. And he looked at his disciples and said, well, guys, you want to leave too? And they said, man, you've got words of life. Where can we go? You've got the words of life. See, Jesus is this. Jesus is perfect theology, as Bill Johnson always says. This is perfect theology because it's Jesus. Because he said, I am the word, and the word became flesh. Jesus is this. So we need every day to have the word coming alive in us because it keeps us focused. It keeps us close to God. Amen? Psalm 119.11 says, many of you know the scripture, the word, the word, your word, God, I've hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. What does that mean? Well, here's what it means. When you are tempted, the word will come up and say, uh-uh. The word will come up, no, I can give you strength. Oh, no, this is more, no, no, keep your eyes on me. Every time you're tempted to do something that you know is wrong, the word of God, if you have the word in you, it's written on your heart, you need to call the word up. See, that's how we pray for lost people. That's how we pray for people that have wandered from the Lord. People that have given their life to Christ, and man, they're stray. We call the word back in them to come up and out. That they would not remember. God would cause them to remember the word that he has planted in their heart, that he's written in their heart. Amen? Man, for every temptation, there's a word to strengthen and empower you. God has called us. Listen, I'm a grace-preaching preacher. But God calls us also to obedience. Say obedience. obedience. You know, I, I love the grace message. Uh, and even, even the people that say it's hyper grace, you know. Well, how can you, what's wrong with the word hyper grace? If you, I like the hyper love. I like hyper grace. I like hyper forgiveness. You know, I, I know how things get twisted and turned. I understand all that. But listen, when we talk about grace, we cannot negate, we cannot say that does away with obedience. They work together. They work together beautifully. First John 2, 3 through 6 says, Now by this we know that we know him. That's Jesus. 
if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his what? His word. Say his word. Truly, the love of God is perfected or maturing in him. By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, remains in him, ought himself also to walk just as he, Jesus, walked. See, he's given us the tools. He's given us the Holy Spirit power. He's given us the grace to live the commandments of God. And here are the two commandments that he's called us to live. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All the rest of them come, come under those. I mean, you can go down and list every other commandment in the Bible. They all start with loving God, putting him first in your life, and loving other people as you love yourself. Love, love, love. That's where it all starts. First John 5, 2 through 4 says, I love this scripture. For this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are what? Are not burdensome. This is the New Testament, by the way. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. So God says, my, my, they're not burdensome. He gave us his commandments so that we could live an abundant life. He gave us his commandments so that we would succeed. Did you know God wants you to succeed? Do you know that? Because some people, I just, I don't think I'm, I'm supposed to be poor. I'm supposed to be beat up. I'm supposed to be lonely. I'm supposed to see this. I might as well go get in a cave and hide out somewhere. God didn't ever say that. He said, listen, my, my commandments are for your good. How many of you tell your kids things that they shouldn't do? How many parents here, you've told your kids, don't do that? Why? Because you hate them? Why? Because you what? You love them. You want to protect them. Do they always mind you? Do you love them anyway? Hey, y'all are answering good. I like that. So, Now, here's where I want to get to. God wants us to possess the promises. Uh, 30, Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. You, can, you need this this morning. You're going to get this. See, Moses said, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. He's, he's setting it before people, like Coke or Pepsi, right? The little challenge. He's setting this. Think about how he's setting this before the people, like he's setting the table. See, I've set this before you, okay? You got the picture? Life and good, death and evil. Life and good are good. Death and evil are uh, ugly. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God. Remember, this is a choice to love God, okay? It's a choice. He said, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and what? Multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Say possess. See, he's given us some directives on what we should do so we can possess the land or possess the promises. I love the fact that he called it the promised land. And I love it when Jesus said, go and wait in the upper room for the what? The promise. Right? Are you all with me? Now, how many of you would rather live in the blessings than the curses? Okay. Some of you don't care. I love it when I ask questions like that. Huh? So, how many of you would rather live in the curses than the blessings? Okay, let's try that again. How many of you would rather live in the blessings than the curses? Okay. We've got about 90% of you. Some of you just don't care. Pray for that person next to you that doesn't care. Okay. 
The next question is, are you ready to possess his promises? Do you want to possess his promises? Do you want to take hold of them? Do you want to have them become a part of you so that your spirit man can be whole? Sozo. Okay. Here's the word possess. You don't want to write this down. This is really cool. When I, you do the word studies, and I, I kind of gave you that a little word study help in, in one, of the, one of the days of the challenge. Blueletterbible.org. It's free. Okay? You can go and search what the word means. Here's what the word possess means. To seize, take possession of, inherit, occupy, be an heir. Aren't those cool? But there's some other things. Oh, you mean to repeat those? Okay. To, to seize, grab hold of, to take possession of, to inherit, to occupy, or to be an heir. Okay, those are, that's a definition, and I'm not going to try to tell you the Hebrew word because I couldn't even pronounce it for anything. I tried. Here's the rest of the definition. This is what you don't really hear very often. It also means to dispossess, to disinherit, to impoverish, Okay? Or unoccupy. Dispossess, disinherit, and put off. Okay, what is that? What, what are you talking about, Pastor? If I want to possess a pro- promised land, I want to go in and take it. See, before you can take something, you've got to displace something else. Before you can go possess something, you've got to dispossess whatever was there in the first place. Now, look, let's go to Colossians 3. I want to show you this in Scripture. Colossians 3. New Testament. This is Paul speaking. And it'll probably be on the screen. So, here's, I'm going to go ahead and go. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. That's the bad part, bad kind of passion, Okay. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off. Say put off. Put off off all these. Anger. Woo. Wrath. Malice. Blasphemy. Filthy language. Out of your mouth. Put these off. Displace these things. Disinherit these things. They are not a part of you anymore unless you allow them to be a part of you anymore. Anybody ever played King of the Hill? Man, Preston now, I think he could beat me, but we used to play, as my grandson, we used to play King of the Hill on our bedroom. We have a, like a queen-size bed. And man, he was little. I'd get up on the bed and say, Papa, we got to play King of the Hill. And, and I would do like uh, the, the Wizard of Oz. You know, the, I'm the king of the forest. You know what? I, I would do that, man. And he would just, he, he was eating that up. And so he would try to knock me off and uh, knock me off so he could be king of the hill. He wanted to take it over. But see, that's, that's what this is. The enemy wants you to hold on to these things, the strongholds or whatever you want to call them. He wants you to hold on to these things. And God wants you to kick those things off. By the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and your choice, He wants you to displace those things so He can come and take place, His rightful place on the throne of your heart. You've got to first displace those other things, though. See, He can't live up there with them. That's what we want Him to do. 
We talked about this in our men's Bible study the other night. This one guy, he said, man, I just have, I have a, a trouble. I, I want one, one foot in the world and I want one foot in the kingdom. And I said, you know what? And I've shown you this before. If you've got one foot in the world down here and one foot in the kingdom, that's how you walk. Pretty goofy, huh? Pretty uneven, Right? And that's what so many Christians do. I just want to keep a foot. I just want to keep one foot in the, in the world, and I'll still look like Jesus. No, you won't. You'll be limping. True? That's true, isn't it? All right, now look. He said to put off all these things. Man, I deal with Christians all the time. They're eat up with anger. Just angry all the time. Listen, until you deal with that anger, love is not going to be able to come in and do what he needs to do. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear, anger is rooted in fear. And until you really want help, listen, I have people all the time, oh, please help me, help me, help me. Or do you really want help? If you don't want it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Look what, what he says in, in, in Colossians 3. This is to put on. Therefore, verse, verse 12, therefore is the elect of God. I like that. I've been the elect of God. You're the elect of God. Holy and beloved. Wow, he loves you and he sets you apart. Put on. Say put on. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Wow. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you so you must also do. That is a powerful That's a powerful passage. You need to highlight that passage. But above, but above all these things, put. Say put on. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You see, he started out and he said, you got to take these things off. And then you put these things on. Amen? Amen. So if you're going to possess the promises, it's going to be more than saying, you know what, I'm going to read my Bible today. It's understanding that this is powerful, it's sharp, and it's will, and it's able by the power of the Holy Spirit to displace what the enemy said is my, no, his domain. See, when you talk about the domain, you're talking about a kingdom. And we as Christians, we call ourselves part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, the domain. That's the domain that God occupies. There's that word occupies, right? Promises, the promised land, occupied, the possessed, the, the promised land. And let me tell you something. You can take off and put off and all that stuff that you want to. All day long. I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal. And you can do that all day long. You make all the declarations you want. But until you replace those things with the kingdom of God and the, per- and the passion and the promises that he has, and you begin and you're willing to follow him and listen to him and hear his voice, guys, it's just going to be, it's just going to be this all the time. Up and down, up and down, up and down. That's what we talk about Wednesday night. And we're getting real in our men's Bible study. Because God, God's desire for us is not to be roller coaster Christians. Everybody ever heard that term? Roller coaster Christians. High one day, whoo, you know, get bad news. Whoo. Next day, somebody, somebody says something nice about you, and you get, a, you get a word from somebody, and the prophet gives you a word, and whoo, you're back up here. Everything's good. Then your dog dies, whoo, you know. All of a sudden, man, you say, I don't know what I'm going to do with my dog. God says, well, I'm, I'm here for you, you know. 
So I'm just saying, you, you, if you're going to get rid of some things, you really need to fill yourself back up with kingdom, with the word, with the love. See, there are consequences to disobedience. Look at Deuter- going back to Deuteronomy 30. How am I doing on time? Good. 17. And we talked about this last week, so this is not new in the last two weeks. But if your heart turns away, what does that sound like? If you've left your what? First love, Revelation 2. But if your heart turns away, if you leave your first love, is what I put in parentheses, so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. <laughs> not a good word. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. So listen, if you're not willing to listen to me, he says, if you're, will, if you're going to turn away from me, you're going to perish. Now, what does that mean for us believers today that we know that we're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit? Here's what I think it means. This is Harold's theology, I guess, the way I think of it. If you are a believer, you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know that he's, he's your Savior, no doubt about it, and at some point in your life you rebel against him, and you decide, no more, I'm going to do my own thing. There are consequences that are very could be very, very strong consequences for your sin. I'm just saying. God will not be mocked. God will not put it up with it. If you are going to slander his name, after you've come to know him and his love and his forgiveness, I'm just saying, I'm not going to say what the results would be. I'm just saying that God is not going to be mocked, the Bible says. And he'll deal with you. I don't want to have to experience that personally. (laughs) Do you? I want to live under the blessings. Because, see, there's, there's there's a consequence for sin. And I love the fact that Jesus came and paid the price. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, say the gift. The gift of of God is eternal life. It's eternal life. I'm so thankful that Jesus said, I know you can't do it. I know you can't do it on your own. I know you can't you can't live perfection. Even he knew that when he when he gave them the law, the temple, and he said, You're gonna have to go sacrifice animals because he knew that he knew they couldn't keep the law. He even made provision for them back then. He still made and he makes provision for us today through the cross that we just sang about. He made provision for us. But he still calls us, church, to obedience. James 1, 13 through 15. Listen, we always want to, ever since Flip Wilson came out, the devil made me do it. Everything, ever since Flip Wilson came out, see, some of you are going out, the younger people are going, who's Flip Wilson? Anybody remember Flip Wilson? Devil made me do it. I mean, devil, that became his own T-shirts and everything else. See, we blame the devil for things that we do. All the time, we just get, he gets, he gets a really bad rap, which he should, but... We blame him, but here's what the Bible says in James. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his what? Own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's full grown, gives birth, forth, brings forth death. See, I believe that there's penalties, even for Christians, if you turn away and you walk away from God and you shame his name. So here's my suggestion. Don't do that. <laughs> Amen? Live under the blessings. De- uh, 30, Deuteronomy 30, 19a, just the first part. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Some of you here, bless you. Some of you here this morning have made some bad choices. Anybody made any bad choices in life? Okay. Some of those choices may, be, may even have led to death for a child, an unborn child, or maybe a person. I don't know. But the Bible says this in 1 John three fifteen: Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Let's get real. I can, I can talk about abortion all day long, how bad it is and evil and all that. But some of us in this place, you've hated your brother. You've hated your sister. You've hated your neighbor. God said you <laughs> shot him. You killed him. It's a little bit closer to home when you get to that place, isn't it? Because Jesus said you have no right not to forgive them. Just read that in Colossians. So he set before his life and death, blessing and cursing. And he says, therefore, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. I want you to understand this morning, as we wrap this up. The choices that you and I make, they just affected me. That's one thing. If your choices just affected you, that's one thing. That's bad enough if they're bad choices. But our choices affect the next generation. They really do. You, you think people aren't watching you? They are. You think your kids don't take notice of your, what you do in your home? They do. Teachers, you don't think your students watch, watch you, how you act, how you respond? They do. We... The choices that we make affect this generation and the next generation in a good way or in a bad way. He says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him. That word cling, again, it goes back to possess. In the Hebrew, even the word cling means to possess. Possess God, possess Jesus, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell. Listen, if you do these things, you're going to dwell in this land, this promised land, the land of promises, the promised Holy Spirit. You're going to walk in the power of God. You're going to see signs and miracles and wonders take place because you've inherited, you've possessed, you've taken hold of the promises of God that are true. And you've displaced all the lies of the enemy. And once you get to that place, church, we will walk, when we get to that place, we will walk in such power and authority and love that the world will take notice. That was a weak amen. amen. Come on. By choosing life for yourself and your family, you're setting a standard for future generations. What kind of standard are you setting? What do your kids see as your priorities, moms, dads? When you set the standards according to the Word of God and you live the standards, you can declare no matter what happens in your life, in your family, it's well. It's well. It's well with my soul. doesn't matter what's going on because I've learned to love and obey and cling to Jesus. I think of, uh, I think of, Joshua and when they were getting ready to go in the promised land. Y'all you, you you love that story? Just go back and read Joshua. Man, it's just, here's a guy that he and Caleb were the only two out of all these spies that said, this is our land. 
God said it's our land, so it is our land. But they had to go and possess it. They couldn't just go to the edge of the river, the Jordan River, and look over. Wow, look at our land. Isn't that cool? Man, I bet that's that's some sweet grapes that they're growing over there. Look over there, man. That is awesome. Look at that. Man, I can't. That's just so. See, God doesn't want us to see the promises off across the river. He wants us to go and inhabit them and take them. He wants us to get across the land, that river. I see, I see that because I, I believe in, I believe in the, the second work of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that crossing the Red Sea was a form of baptism, of water baptism. That, that's just how I think. I see that as a shadow or a foreshadowing of our salvation because we took out of bondage and we walked through at the water and we came out on the other side. But see, I see a lot of Christians that live in the wilderness because they have not gone to the deeper things of God. They've not possessed the promises. They, they've been positioned to possess them. Did you know it would have, they could have been in the promised land like 39 years earlier? Did you know that? But it was 40 years that they stayed and they wandered and they wandered and they wandered. God said, I know there's a day coming. You're going to get over there. But listen, do we want to wait that long or do we want to possess the promises today? Because Joshua said, let's go now. Caleb said, let's go now. And I believe when they walked through that second time, through that second river that God dried up, I believe they walked into the the Holy Spirit and the power to possess what God said is theirs. But you know what they had to do? They had to displace the enemy. Had to kick them out of Jericho. Displace the enemy before they could inherit the promises of God. So, would you stand? Need all the ministry team, all the life group pastors to the front. bow your heads, close your eyes. Uh, this is one of those, bow your heads, close your eyes, nobody looking around. That means everybody, eyes closed. Even the ministry team, eyes closed. Just me. It's me and God looking. If you're here this morning and you've aborted a dream, or a baby, doesn't matter. If you've aborted something in your life that God put there, He put this, this beautiful dream in your heart or this beautiful child in your body. If you participated in squelching something that God said was from Him, I want to pray for you this morning. And if that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip your hand all over the room. See, when I. God wants to heal you of that this morning. Maybe you've already been healed of it. I don't know. You put your hands down. But see, sometimes what the enemy does is you might have asked God to forgive you, and, but you haven't forgiven yourself yet. And you haven't released the pain yet. And when the subject comes up, it just floods back the memories. And the enemy says, Ah, oh, see, you remember how bad you are, how bad you were. See, that's condemnation that's not of God. And He wants to heal you of that today where you're going to begin to walk in the promises of God. So if you raised your hand this morning by, as an act of faith, I'm going to ask that you step out and come in and receive the love of the Father through one of these ministers. Step out and come. Joe, I want to lead you up here, brother. 
step out and come this morning. Maybe you just need somebody to put their arms around you. Say, you know what? Just release the pain right now in Jesus' name. A lot of tears. Just release the pain. In Jesus' name. Can you stand up here with Mary Lee? Just release the pain this morning in Jesus' name. And some of you, man, you've had a dream. God gave you a dream. And you thought, well, I'm just not good enough. It'll never happen in my life. And God says, that's a lie. He says, I can do all things through you if you'll let me. If you let the dream die in your heart this morning, and you know you can even go back to the day when God said, this is going to take place. I want you to do this for the kingdom. And you let that dream die. Would you step out and come and let us pray over you and restore that dream this morning? Would you let you let us just love on you this morning there's no condemnation up here even Courtney said it we've all sinned we've all fallen short of the glory of God at the age of 30 I almost let the dream that God put in my heart almost let it die and he resurrected the dream in my heart and in Mary Lou's heart 17 years later we were it was not until we were 47 that we went into this ministry and began this work called Freedom Fellowship it took all that time for God to say, you need to, continue. You need to kick some things out, Harold. Mary Lou, you need to dethrone some things. You need to display some things that are very important to you and put me on the throne so I can do my, my thing through you. So if that's you this morning, you want that dream to be rec- realized again and be restored in your heart, just ask that you step out by faith and come. We've got other people I can call them to come up here and pray with you. So if you need... You need prayer this morning. Joe's available to pray with you. I know sometimes this is tough for guys. Women want to be healed and restored and renewed, and guys want to say, "Man, I'm just too tough for that." And I'm and just right now bind up a spirit of pride. Just release humility in this place over the men of this body that have not been the spiritual leaders in their homes. They've let a dream die. That God says today's the day of restoration of the dream. Restoration of the ministry of reconciliation. Restoration today in Jesus' name. Restoration today in Jesus' name. He wants to make you whole today. He wants to make you whole today. In Jesus' name. Speak the blood of Jesus over you. Is there someone here that's, that's pregnant and has received a bad report from the doctor? that you and just ask you to step out and come on pray for you you're pregnant you've received a bad report if that's you I'm going to pray for you this morning So aren't you thankful that God forgives and forgets? I used to ask the question, does God have a bad memory? No, he chooses to forget. Just like he chose to love us, he chooses to forget our sins. He says as far as the east is from west, he remembers them no more. So if you've had some traumatic thing happen in your life, you did some horrible thing, and God's forgiven you, 
and you go back to him, you want him to forgive you again, you know what his response is? What are you talking about? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, I've forgotten that. It, it's taken care of. It, it, it was taken care of at the cross. It's hard for us to let go of those things, isn't it? We want to hang on to that. The enemy wants you to hang on to that, but God wants you to release that today. Matter of fact, it's almost a, it's almost a slap in his face for us to bring up the sins that he's already forgiven. Because he said, no, my son died for that. Do you not understand? He died for that. It's taken care of. Don't bring it up anymore. It's taken care of. to meet with you in the ER room. That's the back room. She wants to pray over you, okay? Declare life over your womb. So y'all see where, wait, Belinda. That's Belinda. She deals with a lot of issues like this with women, and she just feels like that God would have you to be free and restored and renewed today. So, and when we close, in closing prayer, if, if you'd like to go back there, just receive some healing prayer. Uh, we invite you to go to the ER right after we close this morning. So um, as far as announcements go, I think everything's been kind of... Uh, we, we support the Pregnancy Help Center. You can support them personally. You can and do a monthly support. Uh, you can give a check to Freedom Fellowship and uh, earmark it uh, PHC, and that money will get to them. But we, uh, Eddie Sutton is the, head of, he's the director, and Courtney works there, and it's a beautiful ministry in our city. It involves a lot of churches that we're part of. So if you want to be a part of that, you can do that financially, prayerfully, however your God would have you do that. Or volunteer, they have volunteers. Um, and also for the heart gallery, if you'll just go out there. Man, we pray over those kids. You see those faces. Maybe God's called you to adopt. I don't know. He wants you to take somebody in. Uh, this is a beautiful ministry also. We're going to be promoting that a little bit more next week and in, in uh, this month. So uh, that's a beautiful ministry also. Uh, a lot of ways you can get involved in a lot of ministries in this city and right here at Freedom Fellowship. So let's stand. Father, we thank you this morning for everybody here. We bless everybody here today with life to advance the kingdom of God by possessing the promises, displacing the, the, the lies and possessing the 
promises and putting you on the throne of their life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. We love y'all. Happy post-Valentine's Day. Just the